Hey, bestie. What's up, girl? Hey, does anyone ever ask you, like, oh, I heard you do a podcast. What's that witty and gritty podcast all about? Yeah, okay, so I usually spit out this robotic sentence that's, we help hardworking Christian women get the growth they want by giving them the tools they need in order to have more joyful and fulfilling lives. So that's usually what I say, but I'm also monotone. Y'all know this. And so it's just like, so Farron, what does that mean? Yes. Well, my response is not as fancy, even (laughs) though I've heard you say that lots of times I should know by now, but essentially I explain that we help people grow in their Christian lives and through their growth, then they can better fulfill God's calling on their life. Right. So we're book study experts and we know how to analyze, pull apart and take that through the Christian lens, and that's kind of what we do here. And so then sometimes people are like, yeah, your self-help books, and they might be mainstream, but we are always sure to bring it back to God and the biblical view. Right, so whether you see a secular book or something that a Christian author's written, just know that when you come here, you're going to get it through a biblical lens. And not just ours. I like that we incorporate interviews by people living out the principles. Yeah, that's for sure. So that's your little bonus if you stick around through the series, which yeah. we hope you will. Yay! Here we go! All right, episode 171 of the How to Win Friends and Influence People in the Digital Age, and we have our closer today for the interview portion, which is your favorite, right, Farron? Oh, yes. Yeah. So you guys know we review books and review them through a biblical lens and say, how does that work when it we're talking about our journey with God, but the interview, you get a break from listening to us and our experiences. It's enough monotone. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Say it with a smile. But we bring in the real life peoples, the human beings to share that are living out the principles of the book. And so today we have a very special guest. They're all oh. special, but of course, this one. We can have favorites, special. right? Yeah. <laughs> the Bible at all. Oh. <laughs> right. So today we have Shelby Houston. So why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you? Yeah, hi, I'm Shelby, um, and I am a junior at Dallas Baptist University, um, but I live here in Forney, Texas, and I attend Sea Life. Um, I have interned there for about two years, um, but I have a super fun family. I have a mom and a younger sister and a younger brother, um, but yeah, I just am kind of traveling and getting to speak and write a book right now, so it's super fun. So for those of you who don't know Shelby, just not every junior in college <laughs> travels and speaks and write books and writes books and things. So um, again, this whole mini series has been about taking what you know and what you've learned and how you're leveraging it to positively impact people around you, which is exactly what you're doing in your circumstance. Yeah, so on December 3rd, uh, I was at DBU. I was having class that morning um, and I was kind of running around doing errands, doing some homework, and I got a text from Pastor Jeremy Fisher at Sea Life. It's like another dad to me, and he was asking if I was at home or at DBU, thought it was an odd question. Um, I didn't get a response, and so I kind of just went on with my day until I got the same text from my mom, um, and I was really confused, knew something was going on, and so I hurried up, called her, and um, she just kind of hid behind, like, a fake positivity, you know, trying to move past it, and just kind of said that she had a priority, she needed me to get back to campus, Um, and so I rushed, rushed back to DBU and hit a ton of traffic, I was like 45 minutes away 
Um, and I had no idea what was going on. And I just remember feeling so anxious that I was just crying. Um, and it just kind of felt like everyone in the world was tapping on their brakes and I was making wrong turns and it was, it was terrible. Finally got to DBU and, uh, called my mom. And at this point I was really angry cause I didn't know what was going on. And I just remember telling her, like, tell me, what is it? What's going on? Um, and she told me, your dad was in an accident today. Um, and unfortunately, I've heard that before with him being in law enforcement. And so my mind did not jump to anything terrible or life altering. Um, and I said, OK, well, where is he? What happened? Um, and that's whenever she told me uh, he's not here anymore. Um, and I just remember like the instant pain that flooded my body just instantly. Um, and I screamed and I cried. It was like inhumane, but I just, I didn't know what to do or what to say. And I was alone in this parking lot in my car and um, I didn't have anyone near me. And so finally she somehow got across to me that Pastor Jeremy and his wife are on their way to get me. And so uh, finally... I got in the car with them and uh, drove home in terrible traffic. It had a thunderstorm that night. And so I remember pulling up to our street and seeing just a ton of police cars just down the road. Um, seemed like there were dozens of them. And so we pulled up. And actually in the car, I, I didn't know what happened to my dad. Um, it just didn't occur to me to ask, I guess. And so while I was on the way home, that's whenever I pulled out my phone and I was, I'd come across an article um, that said that my dad had been shot um, and he had responded to a disturbance call at work in Mesquite and um, he was at a grocery store and came up to the scene. It was real calm, just a little argument and it turned not so calm in like about a minute whenever a man by the name of Jaime Jaramillo turned around and shot my dad three times and he was killed instantly. So since then, I, um, I ended up speaking at his funeral um, and that's where I had my eulogy that kind of went everywhere and that was just kind of the beginning of this really long journey. Um, but I've been blessed by just all the opportunities that the Lord's given me. Um, but I miss my dad a lot. So, uh, but it's, it's been a hard process, but um, I've just been grateful for the way that the Lord's come through. So, well, we're just thankful that you're even willing to share the story. So many people will either hide behind it or not leverage it for the glory of God. Right. So yeah. you're taking those steps and doing that. So what were you going to say? Yes. So we appreciate you uh, sharing your story. I'm sure that every time you share it, it's still pretty painful. Mm -hmm. um, and in light of the book, we know that it with both good times and bad, right? We're influencing mm -hmm. people. And we just admired your story because I think I'll speak for myself. I don't know that I could be responding to the hurt in the way that you are, but I'll aspire to be like you. Um, okay. We just found that really special and unique because whether we like it or not, we are influencing people around us right. in our actions. So oh, to yeah. be aware of that is really key. There are huge, a couple of points I want to bring on. So you're a junior. So a lot of people are like, oh, well, age, she's so young. How, you know, how, no one responds this maturely. Well, well, actually, age is just a number. We all know this. And it's <laughs> 
it really, in RCG lately, we've been talking about, you've been a believer for how long, but a follower for how long? So yes, you've crossed the line of faith, but like, how intentionally are you pursuing that relationship? So you clearly are, it's easy to see that you are actively following Christ because Mm -hmm. it was not easier. That's not the right word, but it was just a simple decision. It was was either this or this. It wasn't this whole complicated, I've got all these things going on. It was, no, this is the right answer. And I'm going to let my emotions catch up later. Right. Yes. So I want to talk about one of the parts in your story about how you, the not knowing anything, like you get the call from your mom to drive back to campus. So Mm -hmm. in those moments of the not knowing, because there are people who listen to our podcast who are in the middle of the we don't know why this is happening or we're not even exactly sure what's going on or they're not privy to all the information. So do you have any advice for what to do in those moments or what worked for you? Yeah, I, I knew on the way home that um, there was going to be some news uh, regardless of if I liked it or not. I didn't know what news yet, but I knew that it was going to be painful. I knew that it was going to be, you know, um, life-altering, uh, just because of the circumstance. Um, I, I knew my mom well enough to know that this was serious. Um, and so on the way home, I just began like creating all these scenarios of what was going on. Um, and it was through after some tears um, and getting really mad and angry. And that's something that um, I think can kind of be misstrewed about this story is um, that I was never angry or upset or um, any of those things, which is so far from the truth. Like, I think, first of all, it's important to be honest about how you're feeling. Um, And I think that's why my story has kind of caught people a little off guard is because I'm kind of an open book about this. I I don't hide anything about it. And I think just the reaction of a lot of people have come from um, what it's like to be vulnerable. And so that's a huge topic that has just been on my heart for a long time. Um, And, you know, for someone who may be walking through some difficulty or doesn't have the answers, maybe you'll never have the answers. Um, I think in that moment, I knew uh, that Jesus honors the truth and that that means being being true and honest about your feelings um and just to recognize the fact that yeah even here even when I am mad even when I am heartbroken uh he still sits with me and weeps with me and understands I think that was huge for me um and so I think just knowing the attributes of God like that um it's easy to know those things, but it's different to believe those things. Um, And so I think the biggest thing I would say to someone who's kind of walking through a valley, doesn't have the answers would probably be not to just know um, those things about God, but to believe them. Um, And that starts with being uh, honest about where you're at and what you feel. Such wisdom. I love it. (laughs) I love it. One of the questions, so you mentioned being angry and that could look a million different ways on where, because there's misguided anger where you're mad at your mom 
or right. there's direct anger where you're mad at the person who has done this to your dad yeah. or yeah. Right. Right. God. So were you ever, how did you ever feel towards God? Was there like anger towards him? Like, why did this happen? Or. Yeah, else? I think, um, I wouldn't say at least not yet. I don't think I've really ever felt anger towards God or, um, I know it's probably going to happen soon in, in grief, uh, but I think there was just some anger about the circumstance, uh, like why did it happen in the first place? Um, and honestly, there was, there's been moments of kind of asking like, God, where are you? And even in that honest question um, where maybe some anger is behind it, it's never stayed angry. Um, and so just in the midst of conversation and just quiet time with him, it may start off like, man, I'm mad, I'm angry, I'm upset, uh, but I never leave that way. Um, and so that's just been, once again, just a character of God. Um, just being able to redeem those small moments of, I know that you're mad and you have every right to be mad. Um, but God, and, you know, fill in the blank. Um, so definitely ha have felt angry. Um, not necessarily at God yet, just because um, of kind of the denial that I'm still in. Um, but definitely angry at the circumstance. We've had a discussion similar to this topic in CG recently as well about, you know, I, when I went through a hard season uh, a few years ago that like, I'm on the other side of it. So I can tell you with like the looking back perspective and people will say, man, you, you must be strong in your faith. And I admit that there were times that I was angry and uh, yeah. with God, but then someone in the group shed light on, it's not necessarily a lack of faith that kind mm -hmm. of discussion. Yeah because you're still taking that anger to God. You're still right, right. meeting with him there. And I love what you said, like you approach that time with God, maybe not in the best, you know, happy go lucky state, but it didn't, you didn't necessarily walk away with all your questions answered, but that kind right. of unexplicable peace. Yes. Heart. So that really resonated with me when you just uh, shared that piece. So yeah. Thank you. And multiple things are happening here. So number one, you're still meeting with God. <laughs> so if you are struggling, whoever's out there listening, still meet with God. He can handle your, your big girl feelings. It's fine. Yes. <laughs> also make the decision to never leave that conversation, still feeling that negative emotion. So Ephesians right. 426, <laughs> that's mine and uh, my middle child's verse that we, we practice because it resonates. It's be angry and do not sin. Yes. <laughs> Don't go down on your anger. So yeah, the Bible is very clear like, anger is going to be felt jesus felt anger anger is normal but it's what we're doing after that and like you were saying Farron, too you're still taking your feelings to god you're still keeping the relationship going but i like that add on there shelby that you don't leave angry which i think right important. yes yeah okay so did you have a defining moment when you chose to show god's love and forgiveness versus holding a grudge and hatred so in your eulogy that went viral and we'll link it for people who haven't seen it. There is a specific part where you talk about, you just want this guy to know Jesus. So mm -hmm. what was going on 
in your head to make you want to say that or even say it because you know that's right and your emotions will catch up later before maybe our emotions catch up. And just kind of a follow-up to that because I don't know if you've had time in the whirlwind of everything to really step back and look, but if people saw you again at the eulogy deliverance phase of processing, which it's an ongoing process, obviously, they might not know what led to the moment that did go viral. So if you could shed some light on how you got to that point, whether it was instant or the process leading up to giving the eulogy. Right. Yeah. Um, So my dad passed away on December 3rd and then his funeral was on the 9th. Um, And so we had about a week to prepare, uh, which I am not familiar. That was really only the second or third time that I had really dealt with loss or death um and so with it being my own dad I was like I have no idea what we're doing or like how do you even prepare for this you know and so I was actually just so busy that week um which was kind of helpful it was never like a I really didn't have any any day that week to just sit um and so I was helping my mom. We were at a ton of meetings and because he was killed in the line of duty, this funeral was much more extensive than just a regular one. Um, And so we just had a ton to do and I didn't want my mom to walk through a lot of that alone. Um, And so I just made an effort to be at everything, to take some stuff off of her plate. We had to contact family members and all of that. Um, And so I really didn't have any time to sit down and write. Uh, the eulogy until the night before. And so I just remember sitting at the kitchen table and I just started writing. Um, and I think I, I knew uh, right away whenever I heard how he had died and that there was another man involved in this and his family, uh, they were going to be a part of my life, whether I liked it or not. Um, and so I think I knew really early on um, you know, just kind of the heart that Jesus would have behind this. Um, And I actually had dealt with um, just my whole life. I have really struggled with the death penalty um, and men who have chosen or women who have chosen to, you know, murder somebody. They've always kind of been really close to my heart. I never understood why. Uh, But I mean, this was probably two years ago. Um, I was watching the Ted Bundy tapes on Netflix and um, it got to a point where whenever they had executed Ted, just, I just saw this whole group of people who were just waiting for this execution and just like the joy that they had, that he was dead and just the cheering. And I remember watching that and just being like brought to tears and I couldn't stop. But it was also something that I was like, why am I so passionate about this? Like at this point in my life, like nothing has happened to, you know, bring this amount of like sadness about this topic. Um, and so I had a bunch of conversations with my, with my mom and my dad about this and how I just didn't understand um, why I felt this way um, until this happened on December 3rd. And, and it just shows just how the Lord has prepared my my heart and my life for this. Um, and so it was brought to mind whenever I sat down and I knew, yeah, I felt this way for a reason. Um, and I wasn't crazy. I, I, you know, 
it all started to make a little bit of sense. Um, and I, and I knew this was no different than those instances. And so, um, you know, I made the decision really early on that I was going to forgive him. Um, you know, a lot of people think, well, you were in the, in the midst of a lot of grief, like you didn't have your mind, right? Like you were in denial, but literally almost six months later, here I am. And, you know, six months closer to um, getting to see Jaime. And it was just put on my heart immediately. Like um, the Lord has, has power to save this man's life. And, and so I made that decision really early on that I wasn't going to hold on to hate um, because I knew ultimately it had nothing to do with him, but more to do with my life and my heart. Um, and I knew that it was just going to make this process so much harder if I had to hold on to that. And so um, it's kind of funny now looking back on my eulogy because it's so not me, like it's so Jesus. And so it's funny we laugh about it because I'm like, I don't know how I did that. I don't know how that went. The Holy Spirit life. actually was speaking through you. Yes. <laughs> Shelby turned yes. off. No, really. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, um, but yeah, it was totally Jesus. And because um, I really, like I said, I, I didn't do anything to prepare for that. I sat down the night before and then got up and said it. And, and it is true of my heart and what I believe, but um, it was totally carried by God. So I love how that God, you just being able to recognize, and we can all recognize this in whatever life phase we're in, that you are being prepared uh, along the way. You are being equipped. The Bible talks about how he's going to equip us for whatever, whatever's going to happen. So it's really neat to see that you had the wherewithal to see that happening. And then as you're having those conversations with God, this event happens and then now I get it. The light comes on. So yes. we can all just be more aware. And then that also takes being actively preparing instead of just yeah. sitting and waiting for something to happen. And I haven't read my Bible or I haven't been in home group or whatever. And then now something's happening. Oh no, now I'm trying no, to, yeah. instead of the lifeboats right here with everybody in it, let me get it. Yes. We talk yes. about that a lot. Like you know, if you do find yourself in the middle of a tragedy, we're not saying don't turn to God. What we're saying mm -hmm. is, are you putting in the work before those things occur? Um, mm -hmm. It doesn't change the outcome, but it can sure do a lot for your spirit. And oh, yeah. Shelby had the opportunity to speak at our women's conference. Which is so awesome. <laughs> our women's conference. And then when I knew you were going to be one of the speakers, we're like, we got to talk to her. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Really She's willing to speak, so maybe she'll be on a podcast. <laughs> yes, yes. I don't remember the exact scripture verses, and I don't expect you to remember them either, but the story about, is it Paul when he gets bit by the viper? Yes, shipwrecked okay. by Malta. Yes, yes. I'm so mad. <laughs> well, okay, so the takeaway that I had, just knowing your story and hearing, well, mm -hmm. knowing what I know from the eulogy, that story and what you shared that night, I thought that illustrated, like, what do you do when the viper bites you? Yeah. That, that kind of sucks. If I get bit by a viper, I'll be mad. I'm not going to be like Paul. And I'm going to be <laughs> like, God. someone suck the venom out. Is that even what you do? I don't even know. <laughs> but you're going to see a lot of panic and like my life is over. But that the other people that observed this saw his reaction to that moment and knew that the Lord had to be with them because any right. normal person would have acted completely different. Mm -hmm. And so again, you sharing that 
from the Bible in light of your story. I just you picked a good one. I don't know if you <laughs> need me to tell you that, but good job, Shelby. You're great. Uh, <laughs> turns out you're good at what you do. But I, I I don't remember that story from the Bible, but now I won't ever forget it. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. it's cool to hear it a different way, different context. So what advice, let's say we're stuck. This thing has happened to us and we're stuck and we want to have this change of heart. We want to do, we want to forgive this person, but we're just, we're hitting that hurdle and we can't get over it. What advice would you have for us then? So mine was, um, I think just staying close to Jesus, honestly, and, um, staying in his word, um, and not ever letting anything around me, uh, pull me away from that. And that includes my friend group. That includes, uh, the things that I listen to, the music that I have on, um, what's going into my body and my ears and, um, and then taking care of myself, um, all of those things for sure. But I think for me, uh, I, I knew, like I said, immediately, because um, I just pictured um, just the face of Jesus and honestly looking into the eyes of Jesus and, you know, like the, the kind of suffering eyes, um, I think that was the biggest thing for me. Um, and I know we've all probably seen those eyes in our friends and our family and those we love of, you know, when they've suffered or whenever they've hurt. Um, and so just kind of, I think having a moment with Jesus and, um, looking into those eyes of suffering, um, and just knowing like, this is why he hung on the cross. You know, it was for me, but it was for Jaime too. And, um, and that was never lost on me. Um, and so, that's kind of what fueled that decision was um, just knowing that the savior of the world hung on a cross um, and died. But whenever we say that, I think we just kind of skip over the part like he suffered, like it was painful. And I think it's just kind of been lost on us. Uh, I know I've been guilty of just like he was human in flesh that felt pain that suffered long. Um, and yes, he rose again, praise God, but there was a moment like he suffered. And, um, and so I think that's just what captivated my heart, um, to make this decision. And so for those who maybe are walking in the same shoes or, um, have just kind of walked through loss or pain or confusion, um, I would encourage you to just sit with him and look into his eyes um, and just remember the cross uh, that that's just been huge for me and not just remembering it, but believing in it. So everybody go back and rewind three minutes and listen to that again. I love that you talked about what you're consuming, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm just having this thought here that like influencers, people that have an influence on others, not just the social media and Instagram tweets, but someone who is in a place of influence is also influenced by other things. And we speak a lot to moms and, Mm -hmm. and you're a junior in college. What 
influences kept you close, kept you growing closer to God and Jesus, especially like middle school, high school, and the big leap when you're going out on your own to college? Um, Maybe it was people, maybe it was resources. Again, it could be your spiritual maturity that you created these habits to continue to grow closer to God. But can you uh, elaborate more on that even before this instance? Because you shared after and maybe the answer is the same. But (laughs) no, No, yeah, during middle school and high school. um, So I came to know Jesus when I was seven and my dad was able to walk me through salvation. And so that's been really special uh, to remember. But uh, I always grew up in church. Um, and in middle school is whenever I found out about this youth group. Um, and I had some friends in middle school. I played volleyball since I was really young. So I always had a team of people. Um, but outside of that, I didn't have a whole lot else. Um, and so I decided to go to Sea Life Momentum whenever I was a seventh grader. And since then, like the, that place has just been my home. And so I would encourage like parents, moms, like take your kids to church and not only take them to church, but enjoy it with them. Like I think, um, or at least I've seen some families who they'll go, but then whenever you get home, it's like kind of a lost cause. Um, but like, I think from the very beginning, it was never like, okay, let's sit down and talk about Jesus. Like it was just always part of life and in and out of the house and school. And so um, that was huge for me. And I knew Jesus whenever I was seven, but I loved Jesus whenever I got into middle school and um, was a part of Sea Life Youth. And so I grew up there, graduated um, in Sea Life Youth, and even came back to intern uh, for the youth. And so I think whenever I moved out, and it was kind of up to me, um, I was about an hour and a half away. I was playing volleyball um, out of college in East Texas. Um, I had to make a decision to find find a new church, find a home church for where I was. And so um, I found found a really good one that was similar to the one at home. And so I went and just first thing I said, I was like, I need to get plugged in. So that means I serve wherever that means. Um, and so I ended up serving with our young adults team there. And so uh, I it was almost to a point where I had some form of church or ministry or time with Jesus every single day. And um, that's still true here. I go to DBU. And so, um, you know, and my schedule was busy, but um, I squeezed it in. I made it work. And so uh, that was me during middle school, high school, college, before any of this even happened. Um, But I had to make the choice to put in the work. And that means, you know, maybe I'm tired, but uh, I was just constantly surrounded by people who love Jesus um, and who wanted the best for me. And then even in my work, I was, you know, doing ministry and, but still being fed by other ministries. So the porch uh, young adults ministry in Dallas, it's not my church, but I'm still a part of it. And so I think that's just the most important, like, Yes, you do want to give, you do want to serve, and it is the most life-fulfilling thing, 
Uh, but it's also important to take care of yourself and, you know, to be fed by other ministries or your school or your friend group. And so, yeah, I, I was a busy girl growing up, but uh, I think it's just made me into who I am today. So everybody go back three minutes <laughs> and listen to this again. If you need advice as a parent, a kid, whoever, uh, it's applicable for everyone. And we've, again, lately in our CG, we've talked about how you're having the higher up popular preachers or whoever they have, they surrounded themselves with people who are going to help keep them in line, keep them on track, call them out whenever it needs to be happening. And that's what our CG does for each other. Like, if you see me stumbling, you better pick me up before I actually <laughs> yes. go be in my yes. life. So it's really cool that you, again, the wherewithal to know, to do that, even as a young adult, we were college athletes as well. So we totally get the, we're so busy yes. lifestyle, yes. but you have to make time for the things that are most important, even if that yes. is you're tired. The trade-off is later on the fruits. Yeah. Yeah. Are, the roots go. run deep. Yes. Yeah. yes. Okay. Um, so this is more practical application for people and making them get in the word. So do you have any specific verses that you either have on repeat for you or that resonate with you? You mentioned the, the Paul with the Viper. Is there mm -hmm. anything else that really sticks out to you or is carrying you through this season? Um, I think, you know, there's so many, um, and it's really, it's not one that has just been like on repeat. Um, but like I said, that story resonates with me. Honestly, I feel like my life is Job, the book of Job. I love that story of the Bible, that whole book. And so, um, I think probably just the biggest image that I have, or at least what I want to look like, um, is just the story of Job, like everything being taken from him, but just falling on his knees in worship. Um, and so that's probably like the biggest, um, I guess, image, or not necessarily image, but like just who I want to be. Um, and so that book of Job, it has a ton of um, super heartbreaking stories, but just seeing the Lord, like, choose him and trust him, um, that, that's kind of just what's kind of carried me, um, and then, of course, uh, he will turn mourning into dancing, and he will wipe every tear away, and those are all promises that I've clung to, um, but yeah, so. I love that. Um, they, again, get to hear from us. They, the audience, get to hear from us all the time. If somebody knows they ought to or they want to start reading their Bible, but they're like really intimidated, and this is just your Shelby opinion and advice, no wrong answers, what advice would you give to someone who wants to start, but they don't know where to start, and it just seems like too much? Yeah, so there's a ton of options that um, you could probably find online, you can find books and, you know, I have been guilty of buying all the books that's like, you want to read the Bible in 365 days, here you go, and I'll get it and I just won't do it. <laughs> so, it's always through January. Uh, all, yes, yeah, I'm like still stuck in January and it's like, I'll start next year. <laughs> so that happens all the time. So first of all, for any of you who feel that way, want you to know it's totally normal you're not alone probably everyone and their mom has done the same thing um but for me uh it's been really helpful actually I have it right here it's called an illustrating bible and it's huge 
Um, but it basically has like a ton of room to ride on the outsides and really just make room to study it. Um, I love the, um, uh, what is it called? Bible in a year, Bible recap by Lisa Terrily Cobble. Yes. I got you, girl. And so, yes, I love that book. Um, that's been really helpful for me, but honestly, like I just start with stories of the Bible and you could probably look it up and it would give you a ton and it would tell you where it is uh, in the Bible to start reading. But that's how I love to read it. You can read it from front to back, uh, but I see a lot of his character whenever I go to a certain story um, and it's fun. You know, there's some books of the Bible that you'll probably read and be like, oh, it's just the family ancestry. Like, huh. <laughs> it's important to read those too. But uh, for those who want to start, I'd say to jump into just a story. So um, Job is a great place to start. <laughs> <laughs> well, fun, guys. Come with me. Yeah. There's a nagging yes. wife and everything. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, I like how you mentioned, so not only just verses, I think a lot of people can sometimes just take a verse out of context or they can only memorize one one little chunk, Uh, but I like how you're tying it back to the story. So yes, um, if we quote the Ephesians 4.26 with the be angry and don't sin, what is the whole letter to the Ephesians about? Who is writing it? What's happening in the story? And the Bible is just one big story of God's love. So um, our brains operate in story. We like movies and books as humans because that, and we live in a story. So it only right. makes sense to read a story or a right. chunk, not just one, yeah. but the chunk, the chapter, yes. part of the book. What's yes. in the book? Right. Yeah. And I actually heard a uh, pastor um, talk about, you know, there's so many stories of the Bible and everything that's in there. And I think. Um, sometimes we can learn a lot from the characters in the Bible. Um, but you know, part of me thinks like, you know, David and, you know, John and Peter, like they're all so influential, great guys, but you know, I would have to think they're probably like, stop talking about me. Like, this is not about me. This is about Jesus. And of course, like, yes, they're used in stories and all the people in the Bible, but I think we have to realize like this book is not about them. This book is about Jesus. And, um, and so whenever we, we can take that out of context and try and fit yourself into it, like you should, I mean, the, this whole Bible is written to you, but it is not about you. It is about Jesus. So I think that's important for us to remember. Uh, so Tara Lee Cobble, guys, her episode is episode 81. If you want to go back and listen to it, she talks about that whole resource and why she wrote it because she was that person. She wanted to want to read the Bible, but didn't. So she yes. made it a way that worked for her. So if you want to hear more about Tara Lee and her story, episode 81. We are on the tail end of this interview, um, but our next question has to do with what are you doing now in light of uh, the loss of your dad, but even the eulogy. I ask this in from this perspective as well. I wonder if some people will see you at that eulogy and think like you've offered this forgiveness and, you know, grieving is a process, but they could almost have this misconception like all better and, you know, yes. done, right? But they, those are probably also people that fortunately have not experienced the grieving process before, but... Yeah. What are you continuing to do 
um, in light of all the circumstances, but the loss of your dad, the eulogy going viral, how do you continue to grow in spite of the past? Yeah. Um, I think whenever the, whenever the eulogy went viral, I was really caught off guard. I did not know that that was going to happen and it happened within seconds. And not only was I grieving, but now it was made really public. Um, and that's just a whole different. Now raise your hand if you like to cry in public. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. And so, um, I kind of had to adjust to that, um, which made it a little harder, but now just all the opportunities that I've been given because of that, I think was just the Lord saying like, yeah, this platform is going to be hard, but look at all the things that you're going to get to do. And so I've gotten to travel a ton during this time. I took a semester off school um, just so I, I can, you know, say yes to these things right now. Um, but I'm in the middle of writing a book. Um, with the help of Bob Goff and so he's been a great friend to me and I've gotten to visit him and he actually um, I went with him to San Quentin State Prison in California and so that was just a huge thing for me just to be with those guys who have honestly they're in the same shoes as Jaime and um, just getting to hear their story and for them to hear mine it just brought a lot of like healing for me Um, And so it is possible to grieve and heal in the midst of having some really special moments and, um, you know, not being um, upset. Like, I'm kind of like a a process after things are over. And so just kind of being in there and knowing like, my goodness, I miss my dad. And these guys took the life of other people. Um, but also getting to see the other side of like who they've become um, kind of brought a lot of healing, uh, just seeing that it's possible and that the Lord really is who he says he is. I think that was just like the proof um, and his faithfulness. And so that has been probably the biggest moment for me, uh, but I've also gotten to travel and film and um, I'm going to be a part of the SBC Southern Baptist Conference coming up in June and Um, And so, yeah, it's been really fun. uh, And I've had to kind of grieve on the go. um, But you'd be surprised like how healing and processing this is for me. Um, You know, I think like you said, a lot of people probably heard that and they were like, oh, she's all better. Like, not true. (laughs) But um, in a way, it's just been the strength, the power, the promises, the faithfulness of Jesus that have kind of allowed me to do this stuff. So, well, and you're a living example of Philippians three fourteen, which is you're pressing on. So, grieve on the go. It equals yeah. pressing on. <laughs> That's exactly yeah. what it is. I like that. I like yeah. that phrase. Grieve on the go, people. Let's go. We gotta press them. <laughs> That's what they do, they yeah. people. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. So, actually, shout out Bob Goff. We did his Dream Big mini series episodes ninety two through one hundred, and one of the chapters in there is specifically taking a genuine interest in others. So it was really cool. <laughs> that we did that book study. And then a few months later, this happened. And now we know you're writing a book with Bob Goff. And I was like, he's living what he writes. I love it. So is taking a genuine interest and leverage, helping leverage that and providing a way uh, because he's gone before you. So now he can look back 
and yeah. them along, which is now what you will be doing. You're yeah. going before others and now you can bring them along, yeah. which is really cool. Yeah. Talking about investing in other stories, like getting to visit that prison. Mm-hmm. That was really neat. I'm sure you're going to write more about it in your book. So we won't pepper you with questions yet. But we will <laughs> have you back on. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but like you said, you're grieving and healing and like simultaneously. And so if you would have, you know, not pressed on and stayed mm-hmm. back and said, well, maybe I'm not supposed to take these opportunities now. You know, what does society say I need to do? Mm -hmm. I mean, just these moments that you would have missed out on and hearing and seeing the flip side. So more power to you for trusting in the Lord's way and not the world's way. But you were going to say something else. Uh, So I guess more about the book. Do you want to give us a little taste of what it's going to be about? Or are you allowed to do that yet? Oh, yes. Yeah. So I'm going to write. (laughs) <laughs> it's it's going to be just kind of about my story, obviously, um, but it's going to be a little bit of before the loss of my dad, during the loss of my dad, and then after. So that's kind of going to be like the bulk of the book, um, but it's it'll tell a lot of stories of just me and my dad or just things that have happened now because of it and the experiences that I've had. Um, so like I said, I've been super busy, so I haven't gotten to write as, you know, a ton Um, but I'm also kind of in the beginning of my book because we haven't even gotten to trial. I haven't even gotten to see Jaime. So it's going to be a long process, but I'm kind of go like writing as I go. Um, and so it'll just kind of give a lot of insight into, like I said, just the, the true feelings that I've had. Um, like I said, made that decision early on that I wasn't going to hide anything because I think that's kind of, Um, what the world needs to see that it's okay to share that you're upset it's okay to share about loss Um, just because I feel like we have created this idea that you need to keep those things to yourself and don't tell anybody how you really feel and um, but also uh, just you know showing people uh, that maybe are walking through the same thing or will or just loss pain whatever it is just getting to see um you know, how you can use that and um, just, you know, providing biblical scripture and backup for uh, what the Lord has done. Uh, And I think, you know, hopefully that a lot of lives will come to know Jesus um, for the first time or maybe the next time just because of this story. And so I'm excited to have Bob help me write it because I don't know how to write a book. So he's been a lot of help. I just got a few. So I think we're good. (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, I want to circle back to one thing. Yeah, totally off topic. Uh, Well, not totally. You're using his first name. You're using Jaime's first name instead (laughs) of the murder of my father. So I I even like that little shift. It's a small shift, but it is making that person a human because guess what? God loves that guy too. Yeah. 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 Was it easy to make that switch or? Kind of like I said at the, whenever I decided Um, I was going to forgive this guy. I knew, okay, if I'm going to forgive this guy, um, he has a name, he has a life, he has purpose. Um, And so, um, you know, I would hate to be called by my sin and my shame and my guilt. And so um, I know probably the whole world hates this guy. um, And I wasn't going to, you know, be one of those. So um, yeah, I made that decision early on to call him by his name and It was actually cool to be in that state prison and getting to share this story with, um, there was probably 50 guys there listening 
And um, whenever I said his name, it was like instantaneous, like the whole room just broke because I think, you know, a lot of them told me that they kind of felt humanized again. Like they're not a number, they're not a murder case, they're not their sin, but you know, they have a name and they have a story and that doesn't mean that, you know, I applaud them or anything for what they've done, but um, I do see the purpose of Jesus in them. And so uh, that's kind of what, what guided me to make that decision about him. Yeah, we have a whole episode about using people's names. So yes, there you go. Okay, great. Okay, so where can people find more of Shelby Houston? And that way we can keep up with the book stuff and your speaking engagements and how we can find you and just see just your daily wisdom kind of thing. Yeah, so I'm on all the social medias. Uh, my Instagram is Shelby with two Y's, Houston with two N's, Shelby Houston. And then I actually, um, I have a website, www.shelbyhouston.org. And so on there is where I um, have a blog um, and I'm going to post kind of all of uh, the kind of speaking engagements that I've had, if they're filmed, like my sermon from Bloom, it's posted on there. Um, and so that'll just kind of be where I'll do a lot of writing, kind of what you'd see in the book. Um, but yeah, I'm on Facebook, Shelby Houston. Um, and I love getting to hear from people just maybe what they're walking through, what I can pray for. Um, so never be afraid to, you know, shoot me a, a DM or a text. My email's in there. So, um, yeah. And, and I live here in Forney. Um, I go to Sea Life. So if you see me, I want to talk to you, you know, I, that's kind of my thing is during this time, there's been a lot of like just the generosity of, um, so many people. I really haven't gotten to like, say thank you or, you know, make conversation or friends throughout this. And so, um, yeah, that, that's my thing. I'd, I'd love to, you know, be a part of other people's lives. So yeah, you can find me on all of that stuff. So. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Shelby. We loved having you and we look forward to having you again. Yes. <laughs> thank you. So we're, we're really good at segues <laughs> and sound effects, right? Yes. So that's the end of our episode. But if you find yourself wanting more and who could blame you Brooke <laughs> tell them where they can find us we, Monday through Friday we have a lovely website it's wittyandgritty.blog you can go there it has every mini series ever we've done what about the socials Farron yes we are on Instagram and Facebook primarily but we yeah. do also have um, a Pinterest account so be sure to follow us on your favorite social platform yeah oh also fun fact we release episodes every Wednesday so you can count on us be sure to subscribe that way you don't have to go and find it every week yeah, it'll just automatically do the magic m- computery thingy. Thank you, technology. Go Thank you. technologies and uh, Instagrams. Yes. All right, we'll catch you next week, guys. Bye. This episode is brought to you by 21 Kicks Journals, the journals you'll actually finish. Research shows that actively doing something for 21 days in a row will change your brain. Our uniquely designed 21-day journals will grow you on a deeper level, help you increase your odds of achieving your goals, and, not to mention, they're fun and beautifully designed. Head to the 21 Kicks Etsy shop today to explore your journaling options. We'll link it in the show notes.